This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back, a college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. If you haven't been, you know, the College World Series ought to be on your bucket list, and hopefully you can line it up in a year that Arkansas can go. The problem is, a lot of people just can't drop what they're doing in four or five days' notice and take off. It's hard to do. Yeah, especially when everybody else has other vacation times planned right, and, right. you know, they're trying to take the kids somewhere and whatnot. Well, and it's not it's not cheap to no. go up there because, I mean, you stayed at the Holiday Inn. And Express, yep. In Express. Well, it wasn't the big Holiday Inn. We couldn't afford that. We just yeah. put him at the Holiday Inn Express. Yeah. And it was still nearly $600 for two nights. Not, not, I'm just telling you, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can stay at a... Just a regular old hotel you'd normally pay 89 bucks a night for. This time of the year, there's so much demand. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's just through the roof. Uh-uh. Through the roof. But uh, there were some people that even stayed in Airbnbs and did that. Uh, right. I know that that was an option for people, too. Some people stayed like half an hour away. Well. Try to find a place there. I mean. Some people stay in Lincoln. Yeah. Driving. That's like an hour. So, yeah. I mean, there's ways to do it that you could do it more affordably and stay over in Iowa. Yep. Some people do that. Yeah. Well, and and the fact is, too, is like that. I tell I mean, you what, if you want to do it more budget, just like anything else, you're just going to have to drive a little further. Yeah. But well, I got to, to s- really experience it, you want to stay kind of well, within four or five miles of the stadium. Well, for sure. And I got to see a lot of Kansas because since I-29 was closed. Yeah, because we put him up in Chanute. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where that Holiday Inn Express was, Chanute, Kansas, Chanute, Chanute, yeah. yeah. But I had I got to go th- drive by Lawrence, Kansas. He, uh, I, said, oh, did you? I waved to Jeff Long as I drove by. How about um, Dollar Bill? Was he uh, buying any recruits when you went by? I did not see him, though. I assume that he's probably got the jet somewhere, you know, pick, picking up some <laughs> picking recruits. Picking up a bag of cash? Yeah, picking up a bag of cash or bringing a bag of cash, one of the two. But, uh, but Dollar no, bill. Yeah, but I got to drive through there and see just how, wow, it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's, yeah. it's farmy. It's, there's a lot of uh, lot of flat land out there. So some I'm not used to driving through. So you, did you go through Kansas? You didn't go through Kansas City then, did you? Or- no, when I came down, I went, I hit uh, Topeka, Kansas, uh-huh. and then came over. So I was like right under Kansas City on my way. Oh, now, yeah. through, now on my way up there, I went through Kansas okay. City, but on my way back. Did you stop for brisket sandwich or I, I did not sandwich? Or? I did not. I, I thought I about not do that. It. Well, and- I, well, I thought about it, but I was like, you know, I, I want to get up there and get settled in to make sure Tommy doesn't yell at me and, and when, if something <sighs> yeah. goes wrong. And so, so I just wanted to be prepared. But I did stop at a quick trip. Good thing you're worried about me yelling. Yeah. I mean, wish somebody at my house was. I wish one of my kids was worried about that. Well, do you not or rule anyone? the household like you rule Pearson Broadcasting here, Tommy? I think there's more uh, more fear and respect or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There is none at my house. I don't, yeah, cause I'm I don't, glad to hear there's a morsel here, and I think it's it's only a morsel here. Well, hey, here's the thing, because I don't think you can fire your wife or fire your kids, but you can fire people here. Well... It's probably pretty expensive to do that at home. Well, yes, yeah, and that's uh, something that you're not willing to spend some money yeah. on, or don't want to spend some money on. Yeah. But, but no, that, I thought I honestly thought about dro- stopping in Kansas City to get me some barbecue while I was up there. But yeah, no, that's, that's the that's the one uh, little extra bonus thing you get when you go to Omaha. Is yeah, we'll stop in Kansas City for. Uh, there's some good barbecue in Kansas City. Yeah, but you know, stopping by a quick trip to me though was pretty pretty worth. I love some quick that, trips. That is one convenience store chain. I guess it's Casey's now the convenience store chain of of record in our state. I would think so. There's more of them than probably anything as far as chain. I wish we had QTs or quick trips like like you're talking about. I do too. Because you know what you know what you get. Gas you know what you get. You know when you go in there, it's going to be may not be the same exact setup, but you know what their fountain drinks are going to look like. You yeah. know the type of food they're going to have. They're always big and spacious to be able to be easy to park the bathrooms are usually in good shape i mean it's just you know it's a really th- hard thing to come by getting a decent chain gas station to go around to so once i, I throw my appreciation you to know quick trips. we have mentioned and i know we're way off track that's nah, all right playing. it's the opening segment it's fine baseball season's over we have, been, we have been, we're, we're putting our foot on the clutch here this morning we're, we're getting ready to change gears anyway yes we are yes we are. um we have mentioned just kind of actually kind of joking in past but we may have to to follow through on this deal because every time I've kind of mentioned it 
as a, I mentioned it twice, kind of as a off-the-cuff joking remark about we're going to rate the best chicken strips and the best hot boxes in the state at, at, at gas stations. We get replies on Twitter. Well, you got to include in yesterday such such and such store in Sheridan. I always say, well, the the, the store in Marble, the Kings River, that's a one seed. Well, no, there's someone's. <laughs> so we get these responses all the time about, <laughs> about which stores we need to be including in our bracket for the best gas station hot box around the state. We may actually, when uh, when we run out of bad ideas, go to that one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> because the audience seems very. Uh, very in tune with our our line of talk on that. Well, they understand. I mean, hey, they got- when you travel, I think we got a lot of people that do pharmaceutical sales, do sales routes, you know, delivery routes. People that are in their car for long stretches every day because that's what they're salespeople. Yeah. They're they're delivery people. They're they're people that make their living on the road. They know where. Hey, if I need three chicken strips and a large fountain drink, I know where I can get it for five bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're good. Yeah, and they don't charge extra for the ranch dressing. Yeah, and they'll go out of their way to go to that place, even yeah. if it's not on the way in their trips. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of places that are out there, especially here in the state of Arkansas, and I, know that I don't the, even know about. And I know where the bad ones are too. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we, I don't know if we'll make a list of the bad ones, but we'll definitely do ones for the well, good. Those ones. are the 16 seeds. Well, that know? well, that was the thing is like you you talk about that, and I even made the joke about yeah, we're going to rank the fried pickles. You know what, what places have the best fried pickles hey, in the state, and then yeah. you know, like people start tweeting at me well, like, well, you got to make this one. Well, I know what every time we talk, I just say something, not really meaning it. People say, oh no, no, you got to <laughs> start giving us a list on Twitter. Yeah, because oh, really, folks, the next quote-unquote event or, or big thing going on at least on this show when it comes to Razorback Sports will be SEC Media Days right. which is about in three, three weeks, weeks yeah, yeah roughly three weeks three or four weeks uh, July 15th I, I believe is yeah. that Monday so you know there's just a few weeks there and uh, I know with the July 4th holiday coming up too a lot of people are going to be traveling mm-hmm. for that as well so it's like during that little short span you know those are the things that you just kind of have to embrace and have yep. some fun with if you uh you know it still be sports and whatnot of course any sports but the, you know I NBA know. I think it'd be fun we've never really done anything we, like that yeah we should just embrace it and just yeah. embrace the fact that it's slowing down in Razorback sports really the only sport that's going on of note right now is Major League Baseball I know NBA free eight NBA drafts tomorrow, tomorrow. Right? and so there'll be at least a little interest there Daniel Gafford to see where if he gets drafted or anything like that. So there'll be some interest in that, but mm-hmm. you know, for these next three weeks, three or so weeks, you know, we could really, we could really have some fun with it. Really, yeah. really get down into what the people really yeah. want to know and really want to yeah, hear, really want to talk about. This is where a radio man really makes his money. That's right. That's Best right. fried pickles. Yep. And Eight I'll, seven seven three seven seven <laughs> six nine six three. Best fried pickles in the state. We're and, talking now. And not, not to uh, not to say that I never do any uh, research or anything, but I guarantee you, I will probably do more research on the best fried pickles and the best hot boxes in finally, the state. Finally, something I can help with. Yes. Yeah, you know? Finally, something you can just you can make a list. We can have some heated arguments and debates about <laughs> and people will just be all in on it so we'll, we'll put some stuff together we'll have some fun with it and uh, i'm sure it'll cause and i'm sure everybody will agree with us too i mean that'll be the thing we yeah. if we'd made a ranking system everybody best, would agree with us best non-chain burger in the state you know going dariette in mount ida you go in morlton drive-in mm-hmm. you know places like that don't give me no chains you know yeah. that, that could be one yeah now, i guarantee you we'll get 10 responses on twitter on that Simple comment at ten after six. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, because and, people like that stuff. That's right. And you know, like we like cheeseburgers. We've even had a debate ourselves. Is just what's the best way to have? What's the best the way to I have hate? chicken? It's Waterburger, idiot. <laughs> Russellville. Yeah. Well, now used like, to be. It used to be. Yeah, way back when. But we've even had a debate of like you know the best way to have chicken because you like chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I smoked some of those. I'm a breast this, man. This past weekend. Woo, wee, they were good. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's just always going to be debates about food. And, and I've always said that if I didn't do sports, I would love to do food. I would, uh, because who doesn't love food? Everybody loves food. Everybody likes watching food. In fact, the Food Network might be one of my all-time favorite channels to where no matter what's on, I'm watching it. So that's for sure. But do we uh, really it, have a call about gas station chains already. I'm t- see, <laughs> see, I'm, tell- I'm it, telling you, it we're missing the we're missing our calling here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're miss- this is what God put us behind these microphones to really talk about. That's right. That's it, right. It's not whether or not Ben Hicks is going to be able to lead this team to win to, to win six games. That's not what you want to hear about. Nope. You want to no. Hear, you want to hear about the real. The real things that happen in your life. The real no, things that matter. you want to hear about the chicken strips at Marble, Arkansas, at the Kings River. That's what you want to hear about. That's right. Because I'll tell you what, 
those little uh, triple cheese toquitos at Quick Trip. Yeah. If we had some of those down here, that would be in my list too. Yeah. So. The seventy one Express in Mansfield, highly underrated, highly underrated. Coming in, coming in low as I seed, but could be on upset Telling alert. You. They're like the Florida State this year, you know. They're <laughs> yeah, start last four them. in, but they're 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 charging hard yeah. here at the end. They're getting hot at the right time, exactly. So, but we'll have some fun with that, not only on the show today, but throughout <laughs> the rest of the next few weeks. Easy and, Martin Y City. Highly overrated. Yeah, I, overrated. Tony, we could do some good research on this and get some people really involved, and we could have some heated debates and arguments about this. <laughs> You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, a light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, home! I wanted to dive into this today, talking about sports, which I know we're going to... We'll get back to food in a second. Yeah, we'll I know that's real. good stuff later. Yeah, but, uh, we're going to quit having fun for now. Yeah, yeah, just for now, we're going to get serious about it and, and talk a little bit about Razorback football because, let's be honest, folks, with the Razorback baseball season coming to an end, that's where the gears shift over to. Now, some of you may take a little longer to shift that gear to get to Razorback football, but that's the next big thing. Of course, like we mentioned, SEC Media Days comes up in about three weeks. Fall camp starts in early August. So we're not too far away, and I believe that after today it's 73, 72 days until the first game, something like that. So we're not too far off. But, you know, when yes, it was yesterday, or two days ago, I should say. 74? 74? No, 73. 73? 73. All right, 73 days. So when I was, uh, after this Razorback baseball season ended, I put out a tweet that was like, oh, hey, 75 days, which is at the time it was 75 days. Until Razorback football season starts, the amount of responses that uh, were humorous, at least to me, and snarky about how, oh, geez, here we go again. No, we're not looking forward to it. There's no excitement. Oh, actually, it's just this many days until the basketball season starts. It, it was it was very you could tell it was a fan base of fans that just went through a two and ten season. But it makes me wonder, though, are people really not excited about Razorback football season? I mean, are there people really out there that are Razorback fans that love Razorback football, but going into the season, you have no no interest, no excitement, no intrigue, no passion, no anything? I mean, I understand last nope. year last year was tough, but even before last season started, you wanted to see what new coach Chad Morris could do. There was still an element of excitement there because it was new. It was fresh. It was something different. But this year... I just don't get that vibe. I don't I I don't know, maybe it was just people being snarky on Twitter, but are people really not excited about it? I can tell you from renewing season tickets and then going through this process that they have where you can upgrade your seat location or you can move your seat location around in your section or move a section based on and it's just their way of trying to get you to upgrade the your donation level to the next to the next level so you can move up to another level but they show you a map of the stadium and all the sections that are green have consecutive seats in a row for you to purchase i've got two sets of four that that we look after here and other than the like the sections that are between the 40s you can get four together basically anywhere you want in the stadium other than the price that probably most of us aren't willing to pay there's like a thousand a seat or something like that to sit you know, between the 40s, lower level, home side. So, and even on the visiting side, the, the section's right in the middle where you couldn't get four together. Other than that, <clears throat> dealer's choice, you know. So I think you got to tie ticket demand. I, I, I say that, I give you that story to to try to gauge fan interest. There was an email that came out yesterday from the ticket office slash foundation that, hey, pick your game. I'll find the email here in a second. But basically, it was a, they're already making deals on football tickets. You know, trying to put these small bundles together. All right, if you're not going to buy the whole thing, pick a couple games here and we'll make you a deal on two games. You know, so if if the masses aren't buying the tickets, you know, what's it going to take to get... What story do you need to hear? What move has to be made by the university to get people fired up? Or is it you just got to get closer? Because I do believe that once we get through these next 73 days yeah, and it's time to toss the coin and tee it up, was it August 31st? I think there'll be, you know, 
I think there'll be plenty of people that are interested. And when I say plenty, I mean like 60,000 will be there unless it's 105 degrees that afternoon. That is a 3 o'clock game, right? That's right. So unless it's like boiling hot, I believe you'll have a good crowd even for Portland State. Now, I'm not saying they'll sell it out, but like 60,000 for Portland State would be a pretty good number. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah. You know, would people be more excited? Would people be more excited if Connor Nolan was the starter? No. You don't think? I don't think so. He'd just come off a team that went to the College World Series, and now he was going to go run the football team? I mean, you know, no. I don't want to say run, be the starting quarterback. No, I, I mean, I don't personally. You know, that, that I could be wrong. I'm just trying to figure out what would move the needle. That, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe what? that's the question. What would move the needle for you with football? Honestly, and if you're talking about just starting the season, because obviously if they win games, if they go on the road and beat Ole Miss, and they, what if they beat Texas A&M or something like that, then of course the excitement will get ramped up to an 11, and people will start buying tickets in the middle of the season. But as far as before the season even starts, before they even win any games, what yeah. could move the needle? And as I don't, I don't mean to be sarcastic or snarky about it myself, but I think that if you brought in some sort of third party, something that has nothing to do with the Razorback football team, that would be something that would get intrigue and get people to yeah. come over to the games. If you get a, some like a concert or, or or something like that, that would get people. Okay, to buy that, tickets. I think that's going to get people depending on who you get, but I think that's only going to appeal to people of a certain age. And depending on the act you get, yeah, the more narrow that scope of age becomes. Because you bring in something that appeals to the students who aren't buying tickets. I mean, I know they're paying their student pass or whatever to get in. Or, or, or students get in free for football. No. I always get confused. $85 for a student pass gets you to okay. all Razorback events. Okay. So, but that isn't what they need. They don't need more $85 no. student season passes for all sports. They need more people. That's paying. not funding the athletic that, that's department. That's not funding the athletic department. So, you know, I'm going to throw out a name because I don't know any. Would a Post Malone? Would that be? Would that be wrong? I don't know. I'm, I'm showing my age. That's a pretty good one. That's the only thing I can come up with on the fly here. That that's going to appeal to the students, right? Would that, yes, that, that would bring the, to students the students in. All right, that would bring the students now, in. Yes. Now you got to also think this is a business decision. So I don't know what it would cost to get an act like that to come to an Arkansas game and perform, but it's going to be probably quite expensive all right so that's going to appeal to more students coming in that aren't really paying much anyway but the guy that's in section 106 that's already wanting you to sit down on third and four he, doesn't care. he ain't gonna stay for that anyway no in fact he may not come because that's going to happen he may sell his tickets for that game yeah that's going to turn some people completely off so i get your idea on a on a concert have something out in the gardens before or after the game something Something in the state. I get all that. But how do you find that one act? Unless it's Elvis, I don't know how you're going to get everybody to, to, to want it and like it. Well, I don't think you will. But what you do is you find someone and doing all your research and when I find someone that'll get people into the game that normally wouldn't come anyways. Okay. I, I know that's you don't you want to appeal to your fan base and to the guys that are dedicated and the women that are dedicated to coming to those games anyways. But you're about getting the people that normally wouldn't come to the yeah. game. So you'd have to okay. find somebody that would be able to appeal to that. Okay, so you're going to have to get like 20,000 more people to come to make this a worthwhile deal. Correct. Because if you got, say, $55 a ticket, well, 10000 is going to get you, what, 550000 So twenty would get you roughly a million, a little more, a million, million one. Yeah. I'm doing the, is that right? I think that's right. Uh, I'm um, trusting you. So what are you going to spend on some kind of performance? I mean, at the end of the day, you still can, is this a profitable decision? Mm-hmm. I agree that you got to do more. You know what I think would bring more people in than uh, than even having Elvis perform? What's that? Winning? Winning. Well, yeah. Yeah, winning. Of course. Go beat, I'm going to tell you what, beat Portland State, then go take care of Ole Miss, and I don't think, I'm not saying you'll have 75,000 there for every game, but I don't think you'll be worried about having an embarrassing low 40-something thousand Particularly for a conference game like against Auburn or Mississippi right. State, of course, just go win. Yeah, well, and I'm, you want to fix the attendance problem? Win, right? <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, you don't need free T-shirts or dollar hot dogs, right? Now I'm gonna tell you, these dollar beers they could do that, and then you know a whole different deal there. But even that wouldn't bring as many people in. 
as winning. Of course. And, and that's why I wanted to put that tagline on it to say, yes, winning does it all. But you can't win any games you haven't played yet. So this is I was just yeah. meaning more for game one. Because, of course, if you go out and you beat well, Ole Miss and you beat Texas A&M or something crazy like that, yeah, you're going to start getting... 70,000, 75,000 people in for every game. One reason I say the Ole Miss game is like maybe one of your most important games of the year because it's at night. What, 6.30, I believe, is the kickoff? 6 or 6.30? Yes, 6.30. 6.30 for the kickoff. Everybody's going to be watching. I mean, you'll be watching anyway, but for Arkansas fans, everything you've done, youth football, yard work, fishing, Whatever's been on your agenda that day will all be completed. Your day on September 6th will revolve around one thing and one thing only. Parking your butt in front of a TV at 6.30 p.m. And a lot of people will will they'll be withholding judgment. They'll be forming opinions that night. Not, not Portland State. So if Arkansas plays well and wins that game... That will do more for games going forward and the excitement of this season and the excitement for this coach and this coaching staff than anything else. I think it's, quite honestly, the most important game of the year right now because it's going to set this season on one path or the other, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the game that shows exactly how far this team has come from a year ago. It's going, not, not saying that... You know, if they don't play 100% great, then that means that the season's yeah. going to be terrible. But, like you said, if they come out and they perform well and get a victory against Ole Miss on the road, that's going to say, okay, mm-hmm. last year's team is done. That team is gone. Yeah. It does not. It's not here anymore. This is a new team. That's what that's going to prove. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of us, at least for, put last year's 2-10 and 10 record, we... Some of that's on Morris, but like 80% of it's on Bielema's team. Yeah, of course. And whether that's fair or not, I think that's how we process it in our mind. This year, you don't have that excuse. And Chad Morris doesn't have that in his back pocket. Nope. It's all on him now. Even though that may not be, maybe it's like 80% Morris and 20% Bielema in reality this year. Still still some blame falls on Bielema. Still, but that's not, re- people are looking at, hey, all right, Chad Morris, show me what you can mm-hmm. do. And people are, you know, some people are going to watch football all day on September 6th. And they're going to see mm-hmm. whoever Alabama's playing that day. And they're going to see Auburn. They're going to see all the LSU, all these other teams. And then they're going to be comparing. Mm-hmm. We're taking notes. They're going to be comparing. Well, how does Arkansas look compared to Mississippi State? We're going to find out then about Ole Miss, you know, how many more games you think you win. You're going to start be forming those opinions. So I really believe September 6th is like, a huge day yeah. on so many levels. Yep, and with the roster overhaul that's taking place, you can't even say that it's all Bielma's players anymore. I mean, the quarterbacks are not Bielma's players. Your main running back is not going to be Bielma. Your wide receivers that are going to be contributing the most are not Bielma's players. I mean, you, you can't start using that same excuse anymore. He's still part of it. There's still some players in there that uh, are some guys that have been causes for concern, especially on the offensive line, but... This is going to be Chad Morris's big moment in big season. That and I agree with you, Tommy. Game two is going to be that way. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays, fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. And we were talking about the excitement or lack thereof for the Razorback football season coming up because that's really where the focus will turn now that the Razorback baseball season has come to an end. And and JT actually tweeted in and he said, why would anyone be excited? A great season, quote unquote great season, would be five wins. We have a coach that got destroyed by North Texas and blew it against Colorado State. What exactly exudes confidence or excitement in that scenario? And I feel like what JT's comments, or at least his questions there, are questions that a lot of Razorback fans have, at least for those who are not excited about the football season. Now, I'm going to take this from a a different perspective. I will think, or I will say, that for me, personally, and this is just my personal preference, the reason I have excitement, intrigue, interest in all of that is because there is such a different look to this team to what you saw last year. There was no doubt that there were particular individuals on this team that made it really difficult for the culture of this team to get reestablished under Chad Morris. When he came in, he had he had energy. That's what he kept talking about was energy. They, there were some videos that were put out about his interactions with the team. Now he had some fun with them. And, 
and a lot of them were trying to learn the offense. You knew it was going to be uh, a transitional mm-hmm. phase, but still, you, you looked. it looked like everything was going according to plan. But then after that Colorado State game happened, and they blew that lead and they lost that game, and then the next game, of course, we know North Texas and all that happened, the two games that JT brings up, it seemed like that's where it all came crumbling down when you had a lot of the players that maybe weren't all in on Chad Morris, all in on the culture change, all in on the new philosophy that they really started to show their true colors. And when you're Chad Morrison, you're in that situation. I mean, what do you, what can you really do about it? You're in the middle of the season. You got to play with the players that you got. What can you do? How do you handle it? And you know, you can argue whether you handled it the right way or not, but he was, those were the cards he was dealt and he had to play with them. And you can tell by with this off season and the recruiting class that they brought in, the amount of transfers that they went after, especially and most notably at the quarterback position with Nick Starkle and Ben Hicks coming in. To me, my interesting excitement comes in that I think Chad Morris understands more than anybody that this year is going to be a make or break year for him. Now, I'm not saying he'll be fired at the end of the season. I think that it would That's just take, take an ultimate like 0-12 type scenario for him to even be considered no. that. But who knows even in that case. With his buyout, I'm not even sure that's... Yeah. I mean, Honestly, a reality. Yeah. So, so I mean, and that could, you're still paying Bielema's money, or they suspended that. I don't know how that 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 deal has worked out. I guess they're trying to settle that deal from from what I understand. But point is, the foundations had to pay a lot of money over the mm-hmm. last few years in buyouts. Fortunately, Mike Anderson, they didn't have to pay much of anything. He got a job in six weeks. Jeff Long, though, they had to pick him up for about a year. They've had to give Bielema like four or five million at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, foundation didn't want to have to go through another big buyout. Yeah, yeah. So, th- so I mean, yeah. I mean, I shoo we. I mean, I, I you know I don't even think that's an option we a want to discuss, but b is reality. Right. So knowing that, it's a make or break season for Chad Morris as far as the support in the fan base right now, which is is teetering. There's a lot of fans that are still on the fence. There's there's fans that are excited, but there's a lot of fans that are like JT that have no excitement at all. But this season, if you show progress in the right direction, that's what's going to get people back on board. Now, obviously, five or six win season is not going to just have everybody start running towards the box or the ticket office and the foundation saying, take my money. I can't wait for next year. That's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a slow moving process. But I'm excited to see how Chad Morris handles his back against the wall, because as far as getting the right guys in, as far as getting a roster in that can be that he can win with at least. I think he's attempted to do that in the best way possible and as quickly as he can because he understands what he's up against. It's a matter of, okay, you've done all the moves, you've made the changes, but can you execute the plan? That's what excites and interests me because if he can, I think he has what it takes, especially with the recruiting base and the recruiting classes that he's building towards the future and some of the young talent that's going to be in here. I think he's capable of that. You just got to see those steps being taken this year and that game two against Ole Miss is going to say a lot. Are we going to learn something from Eric Musselman in basketball that maybe could be applied in football? Mm. Or is it the other way around that that really basketball is taking from what football has been doing with these? And and I'm I'm talking about grad transfers and and these guys that are coming off the transfer portal and all of these, but really trying to get where, where more of your recruiting is focused on these experienced players that have college experience under their belt that can come in and fill an immediate need that come in off the transfer portal, if you will. That's really been the immediate approach from Eric Musselman, right? Yeah. Are we going to see, particularly like Arkansas's program, I think is ripe for something like this. Hey, you, you've got a lot of needs on this team. Who can you go get that's more of a proven commodity? I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the shift in college football as they've made it easier to transfer, easier to go other places and play immediately with with some of the new rules, um, and also to see how this red shirt rule works, where you can play four games, how it affects the future moving forward. But I, I think it's very interesting what Musselman has done with his approach and what maybe could be applied to football when it comes to recruiting, uh, because you got more places to take take at bats on that deal. You know, yeah. you get twenty five spots a year. Yeah. So I find it very interesting, the roster management going on right now with basketball. And, you know, how could Chad Morris apply some of that philosophy, some of that thought to get this thing turned around quickly? Because everything I see Musselman doing is, 
man, we're not waiting two or three years to get this thing rolling. I'm trying to do it now. Yeah. I mean, that's the feeling I get. I need a little more of that from football that, hey, I'm going to pull every lever, push every button, bring in any player I can get, do whatever it takes to win now. Yeah. I mean, I think to am I off base on that? No, because I think to because that's the feel I get from what Musselman's doing, whatever it takes. But I think the difference is is that Musselman has had enough experience when it comes to the transfers itself at Nevada and saw that how kind of how to handle it and how to make it work. That I I don't know, and this is not a slight against Chad Morris. I just don't know if Chad Morris has that experience enough. Maybe he can start trying because he's taking it. I mean, both quarterbacks are transfers, right? I mean, mean, he went in there. I'm not saying he hasn't done it. I just think it's interesting what we've seen as far as roster management with basketball. And and sure, there's 13 scholarship spots and a couple more spots on the roster where there's 85 in football. So it's a little bit different in in scale and numbers. I just think that. What we have seen right away, and you could come back and say, "Well, Kraft, that's that's kind of what he's done." Mm-hmm. Look at the players he kind of moved on from. I mean, there's what forty upper thirties, nearly forty new players on this roster as compared to a year ago. It's a pretty big change of culture right there. Pretty big change of of um, of adapting your roster too. By the yeah. time you bring in new players, graduate your old ones, transfers out. Grad transfers, you know, all of these things. It's like close to forty guys that are different. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty good overhaul too. So yeah. Well, and then and that's I what, think that's what you got to do to turn things around, though. And that's where my hope is for Chad Morris because how he handled, say, the immediate need. Because let's be honest, the immediate need right now is offensive line. I mean, that's the thing that they need first, foremost, and second most, and that's third yeah, most. Exactly. I mean, they need it. They need a, one, two, and three. Exactly. They need it. They need it help, and they need help now. But so why? Why hasn't that been fixed through all these other means that we can fix quarterback, we can fix wide receiver, we can fix well, everything else? Why, why can't that be fixed? I say overnight, but why can't that be fixed more quickly with some of these tools you got available to you? Well, that was going to be my next comment, my next question of maybe they feel like, and we'll find out, that they have enough to at least make it work right now on the offensive line. Not to be a great offensive line, but enough to make it work. Maybe they felt like they could go a lot further if they put all their eggs in the basket of getting a new quarterback. Because even, I know they got Starkle and Ben Hicks, but let's be honest, too, they were all in on Kelly Bryant trying to get him to come here. So they, they were all Yeah, but all if Kelly about, Bryant had come, these other guys wouldn't be here, right? Well, yeah, of course. But I'm saying like you that, assume, I assume that, but I, I don't think Hicks and no, Starkle no, no, would no, be no. here if Kelly Bryant was No, and, and that's my point is that they, they were going all in on a transfer. And when they didn't get Kelly Bryant, then they went after the Starkle kid and as well as uh, Ben mm-hmm. Hicks. So, but they were all in because I feel like, and maybe I'm putting words in Chad Morris's mouth, but I feel like they, as an offensive staff, said we can overcome a lot. We can overcome these issues because the offensive line is not an issue a thing we can fix overnight either. But we can overcome a lot if we just have a quarterback in place, the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands every single play. If we have a guy that's competent enough and capable enough to be able to make this offense work, make plays when they need to make plays, have some pieces around them that'll make them look a lot better. If he if they just if we can get a guy like that, then the rest of these problems can at least be covered up for the time being. Because you we talked about it. You got to win now. You got to show progress now. Yep. And yep. nothing against the guys cuz I I wish them nothing but the best of luck, but Ty Story and Cole Kelly weren't those guys. They were not going to be the guys where another year of development they were going to become from a 2 and 10 team to elevating you to a bowl team. Can Ben Hicks do that? I don't know. Can Starkle do that? Maybe. But they understood what they had last year. Was they, they could not have again this year. They could not do it. So they went that route. They went with the transfers. And I think that at the quarterback, which I understand offensive line is a big need. Don't get me wrong. But the quarterback, to them, was a much more urgent need to get right away in order to win right away. That's my theory behind it. But we'll find out. How many good teams don't have a good quarterback? Not many. Yeah, Not many at all. I mean, sometimes you can have a great team with a above-average quarterback. You, you, it, it all starts and finishes there. But yeah. how good can a quarterback be without a at least serviceable offensive line? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's now that's any true. quarterback that's maybe just average that has a great has a great team around him. If the team's going to win a lot of games, that's right. But it's listen at Arkansas, the best teams you've ever had had really good quarterbacks on it. Yep. I mean, going back, I mean, just in recent times, '98, yeah, Quinn Sterner, yeah. You look at the Matt Jones times, if he'd have just had a little more around him, no telling how many teams yeah. they could have won. 06 is kind of the 
anomaly in that because you had enough running backs and a quarterback like Darren McFadden who threw the ball enough. Yeah, but you had a true freshman in Mitch. I mean, who do you want to call the quarterback? Casey Dick or Mitch Mustang? I'd say Mustang because he started eight games. Right. So, So, I mean, that's kind of – and he was – more than serviceable, but he wasn't like one you'd say, boy, there's an elite quarterback. No. He was coming out of high school, but 06 is kind of the the one exception. Then you look to the Petrino years where they won a bunch of games in New England. You had Mallet two guys Wilson, that ended up yeah. getting shots in the NFL with Mallet and Wilson. Yeah. yeah. So, But even in that 06 season, too, it's like when you, the exception was you had an exceptional player in Darren McFadden and well, some other guys around. So you can overcome it. Yeah. I mean, because let's be honest, too, nothing against the guy, but Greg McElroy was not a good quarterback. He was not an above level quarterback. But if you surrounded him with below the, either. no, but that's what I'm saying is that. But when you surrounded him with elite talent, he goes yep. out and wins national championships. I yep. mean, that's just the way it is. That's the way football so, is. And that's the way it's always has been. So if you're not going to get one of those above average quarterbacks, you better go get you another Darren McFadden. That's right. Mm, good luck. Simple enough. That's all. That's all it takes. That's all it takes right there. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer. Did we ever figure out if there's a difference between tater tots and hash rounds other than just the shape? Like, is it the same thing, right? Shape and size. The hash round, though, I think is superior to the tater. It's all about how they're cooked. You got to leave them in the grease long enough to get all the edges perfectly crisp. Yeah. But no, they're, they're, they're the same. They're the same. Okay. I, I, I've always just kind of wondered about that. To fly, you know, It's like, oh, no, no, this is a hash brown now. Well, why is it a hash brown? Well, it's breakfast time because at breakfast it's a becomes hash round, a, a hash round. Hash, yeah. It becomes a hash round, but if you serve those at lunch or dinner, they're tater tots. It's almost like the time of day. Right. But the ones at Hardy's are like size of a quarter or something, you know. Do you dip thicker. them in? Do you dip them? Oh, tons of ketchup. Okay. Yeah. Extra pepper. Yep. Yeah. He's man of my own heart very, over here. Very, talking. very, very food-driven show today. Uh, well, I'm, is that is that a bad thing? No. Is that a problem? Other than I'm hungry. We're going to, I mean, we may seriously have to send Ty for something the next break. Well, considering how the next three weeks of this show is probably going to go, we may be sending Ty every single day out to, to get something. We oblige yeah. getting us food. Mm-hmm. Got, got to make him start doing these competitions mm-hmm. again where he's going to have to go out and eat. We had eight corn dogs. No, it was eight chili dogs at one time. That was yeah. impressive. So we need to start figuring out some more stuff to do yep. there, too. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun next three weeks and, and getting into it and talking about it. So <laughs> Watching his cholesterol rise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Our summer bods will not be in shape, but that's okay. We'll be enjoying ourselves. Then you'll hear I'm plant-based now. Plant-based. plant-based. <laughs> well, congratulations. It's lasted a whole well, day. We did, <laughs> we did pass that law in Arkansas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> plant-based. Give me a break. Guess, did you get your card? Is that what you're saying? I went to the healthy food store, and I've oh. gotten plant-based for at least oh, a week don't you get so your medical blasted. marijuana card is what you're telling us oh no 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 no, no. i don't i don't i haven't done any of that since i signed that contract oh it's yeah, good well, yeah it's great keep up the good work yeah thank you for your service here's your medal uh, <laughs> but uh i was on twitter i forgot i'm trying to remember what her name was tommy because uh we were asked specifically to replay Sterling at Center Ridge's phone call from yesterday on the yeah. show. It was Diane. Diane on Twitter. It was kind of late in the show, yeah. so there's, we wanted to play it a little earlier because there's probably a lot of you that didn't hear. Yeah. And, you know, we don't really replay a lot of calls in the show. But I think this one was worthy of a replay. Yeah, because Sterling at Center Ridge is obviously a perennial sports talk caller. Uh, he's been around, and he, he always has good calls when he calls in. But yesterday may have been uh, the most fired up I've ever heard Sterling Epic. when talking about the ending of the season and some of the decisions by Dave Van Horn and how people were being critical of those decisions. So here it is in its entirety. Sterling and Sinneridge is full call from yesterday about Dave Van Horn. Sterling is in Sinneridge. What's going on, Sterling? Uh, I'm disappointed because we lost. But, I mean, I, I don't question none of the calls that, that was made. I mean, you ask, I mean, you ask a man... Why he made that decision? They were good decisions. The only time I question a, a coach or or a manager is when they make a decision that I think a seven year old would knew better. I mean, that's the only time. I mean, when you can go either way on a call, it's, it's truly either way. And how it plays out is how it plays out. Bunting, mm-hmm. Ezell, why are you going to bunt the hottest hitter that you have on the team right now? And even the last few weeks, you're the highest one. You're going to butt him, butt him over for Casey Martin. I mean, are we not paying attention? Are we not watching the game? I mean, uh, did we just come off the bus? Or did we just get out and go to baseball manager book? I mean, you watch the game. You see the, you get a feel for the game. You see how the games are going. You do not bunt Evale for Martin in this situation right here. 
No way. Inhale. <laughs> Dumb talk. <laughs> Dumb talk. <laughs> Dumb talk. Did you really not see him with all them damn breaking balls, swinging and everything in the dirt? And I'm not, I'm not picking on okay, Casey. Martin, that's just what happened. Yeah. I'm going to bump my, my hottest hit. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bump the guy batting 500 in the tournament. I'm going to bump that guy. So Casey Martin. Come on, people. Just watch the freaking game. Don't just start picking up the game when the weather gets warm. Watch the game in February. Read the reports coming out in the fall ball. Don't be a damn Johnny come lately. Get on the train at the beginning. Get a boat early and ride it all the way through June when you come in here making your stupid hey comment. Dumb. Fanatic, that's no I'm a freaking fanatic. I don't say nothing stupid like that. Don't be putting down fanatics, Mr. Cross. <laughs> don't be putting us down. Right. Don't be putting us with that bunch. Okay? I, I, I guess there's different classes. I'm just saying you try to logic and emotion sometimes don't always go together. I understand. I understand. You've, had, you've had a few was- hours to, to reason with all of this. We're talking about a comment made on the way out of the stadium. After maybe yeah, a few twelve ounce curls, yeah. Well, I hope they had a bunch of curls. I hope they, I hope they got a nice little peak <laughs> on that bicep. Making comments like that, but guys, it was a wonderful season. It was a great season. Nobody expected this team to be in this position. Next year, the expectations are going to be high. And if we, and if we fall to, if we fail to reach the College World Series next year, you can call it a, you can call it a disappointment next year, maybe. But this year, no. I don't care if we would have. I don't care if we would have got beat twenty-five to zero the first two games. We weren't. We weren't supposed to be there. Like I said, we. I followed it all the way through. Nobody saw this coming. Not even Dave Van Horn himself. Great season, and we're gonna keep knocking at the door until we knock it down. And I'm tired of these Lawrence Mead Razorback fans always looking for the other shooter drop. I blame them people for that five ball drop. They made it happen by thinking that it was gonna happen way before it happened. That's who I blame. I blame all them people. Guys, y'all enjoy it. Have a great, wonderful day. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, best, Sterling. Best I, Sterling call ever right there. I, I about to say, I, that might have been the most fired up I had ever heard Sterling and Center Ridge. We, but, we need uh, more of that from Sterling. So, yeah, that was Sterling and Center Ridge's phone yeah. call from yesterday. And uh, I think it spoke to a lot of Razorback fans for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, we've had uh, some people commenting on that. And it's so late in the show, I thought, you know, share that a little earlier in the show because I, th- I think there are people that because yesterday that seemed like the number one question during and after the show just on social media and people you know, just that you encounter throughout the day why didn't you bun a zell you know but you know just talking about the strategy with two on nobody out in the ninth you know why you didn't do it and i thought i i think sterling probably captures the emotion the response from a lot of hardcore Razorback baseball fans that get it don't take the bat out of a guy's hands that's hot right now and you know another comment that, that you know was pretty common yesterday is how much did you really I know he'd hit a for a double and a triple in the game did you really trust Martin after his L to to get the job done if you bunted his L at that point to get to drive in the the run the run home because yeah you get the guy to third somebody's got to get him home yeah you don't have two outs at that point so I mean there's a lot of a lot of strategy goes into that I don't know what the book says what seventy percent if you bump with nobody out you'll get the guy to third and get him home eventually I I don't know but I know Azell had had a hot bat in the postseason that's what I do know yeah well and and you really think about how much he missed because he hit that ball a mile high oh, above yeah. the pitcher's mound. You really think about that for a second. How much did he miss that ball by? How much did the bat actually miss the ball from that being centimeters? Yeah. Baseball. Fraction of an inch. Baseball. That's baseball. Just a cruel mistress. Now, I mean Hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty on those things, folks. Yep. Stock market and sports. That's right. You always see it after the fact in horse racing. Throw yes. horse racing in there, too. <laughs> yeah, throw that in there. <laughs> Why did I bet on that one? Yeah.
How did I miss that in the form? Yeah, I totally should have gone with my gut instead of my, yeah. my heart or my head or whatever. Right. Yeah, people are... Horse racing, stock market, and baseball. And baseball. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah. But now that the gears shift towards football, that won't be hindsight ever, no. will it? Nobody will ever question Chad Morris or a call he makes, right? <laughs> That'll never happen. We'll no. never have a show based on that. No. So that's where the gears are shifting. Speaking of football season, let's go to the phone lines. Lisa is in Northeast Arkansas. What's going on, Lisa? I'm getting to my phone. I'm still sitting here thinking about Sterling's call. He's one of my favorite callers. He's pretty oh, good, isn't he? First good. of all, I want to tell y'all something. Y'all have a bunch of new listeners, and a lot of us are women. Yes, we are over here in Northeast Arkansas, so we don't have to listen to the BS over here from whatever these 10 ASU fans found. <laughs> well, how did you find us? How did I, that's a good question. I I was told by a friend of mine. He goes the super hog. He said, "Miss Lisa, you need to start listening to the morning rush." And I've got a pretty big mouth, so I got on <laughs> Facebook and I put you on Facebook. And as you can tell, I'm not for shortage of words. But anyway, you've got a lot of new listeners over here. Excellent. And I would encourage you to come over here sometime and do a show live from Northeast Arkansas. Well, you would have a crowd. Well, where would we do it from? So if we, if, if we take you up on the offer, where, where would we set up shop for that day? Okay, you could come to Front Page Cafe in Jonesboro. You had me at cafe. You, you know. Front Page Cafe, you could come to Paragle because that's where one of the best Razorback clubs in the state is at. Mm-hmm. NEA Razorback Club in Paragle, set up at Batten's Donut. There's there's just, if you got serious about it, I, I could find you some good places. How about you Manila? would have a crowd. How about Manila? Manila. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, have y'all ever been to Manila to the... Uh, the um, Oh, it's Mississippi County Razorback Club. No, nope. have not. No. Well, that's that's a big one too. Some of the best Razorback Razor. Then I'm gonna get on with my call. Razorback <laughs> clubs are in Northeast Arkansas. Believe that or not, but it's true. Yeah, yeah we've got a good one in West Memphis. Yep. And uh, but anyway, what my call is about after Sterling, it's hard to call and respond to anything because I just love to listen to him, and I agree with him totally. By the way, I agree with him a hundred percent. He was spot on. I keep I keep if the Razorbacks are playing checkers, I start at the beginning, I follow them to the end. And I don't wait and jump on the bandwagon when we get to the World Series when I don't even know what happened throughout the year. <laughs> I, people like that drive me nuts, and uh, I, I mean they just do. I, you know, don't if you hadn't been on the bandwagon, don't get on it when they get to the World Series. Just stay off of it. But um, I want to talk just real quick, mm-hmm. if I can. I, mean, course, I can't do yeah. anything quick, but anymore. But talk about the Razorback football team coming up. Okay. And uh, by the way, Chad Morris will be here in Paragol, I think. I live at Light, actually, in between Walnut Ridge and Paragol. But uh, he will be in Paragol here. I think it's a week, two weeks, something like that. Okay. But I expect this year, and I go to the – I don't sit – I go. I still go. I've been going for 55 years. Wow. Yeah. I'm old. I'm 60. And I I go. 60. And I – Sixties huh, no, the new no, forty. Sixties the new forty. It is. Well, it, yeah, I guess I'm just getting started. I guess, but I go to the games. We always go to Arlington, you know, to the uh, Jerry Dome and all that stuff. But I expect. I don't want this year. I expect to at least make a bowl. I don't care what bowl it is. I've had different people say, um, you know, five and seven stuff like that, and I said, uh, uh-uh. uh. And I'm pretty good friends with Nan Gatlin, which is Noah Gatlin's mother. Mm-hmm. She lives in Jonesboro here, right down the road from me. And her son, you know, her dad was Nelson Catalina, the former basketball coach at ASU, which he has now moved into Fayetteville. But anyway, uh, according to Noah, everything so far looks 
pretty good in practice and everything's going good. And I just, I don't know, I just expect at least six or seven wins this year. And if we don't get at least to a bowl, I will be disappointed. Now, I won't jump off a cliff or a grain bin out here or anything like that, but I'll think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I will think about it. And, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm happy, even though I loved Mike Anderson, I'm happy with the hire there. We made him basketball. And I just am one of these Razorback fans. But I'm going to remain optimistic, and I think in football and basketball, we're, we're heading on the right track. I think Chad Morris was the right hire, and I think he's a good recruiter. And at the end of the day, it don't matter how good a coach you are. We've had a really good coach. If you can't recruit well, you're not going to play well. And if you don't have speed... You're chasing it. And I just think we got the right guy. We had to get back into Texas. Am I wrong, or do y'all no, kind of agree with me? I agree with you. Got to have Texas recruits. Okay. East Texas you recruits, gotta particularly. Have you got to have them. And uh, so these people that say, well, he wasn't high on the food chain, blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't matter about – I mean, yeah, he's got to know the – you know, he's got to know the X's and O's, but he's got to be able to recruit. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, I'm excited about his son, but I'm excited about this kid from Mississippi that we're getting for quarterback. KJ um, Jefferson. Over here in, yeah. Yes, over here in Northeast Arkansas, we've heard a lot about him, a lot about him. And uh, it's all been good. Now, you know how that goes. We've heard a lot about other people mm-hmm. that didn't work out so yeah. good, but this We've heard good things. But I just wanted to call. I, like I said, I can't do nothing fast or quick anymore, but I enjoy listening to y'all. Uh, remember us over here in Northeast Arkansas. You've got a new bandwagon load of, I uh, almost said something else, load of <laughs> listeners. Uh, All right, you I'm said old, it. but you... I, I still can have a slip of the tongue every now and then. Oh, understandable. Hey, hey, you set it up, we'll come to Jonesboro. How about that? Well, that'd be great. And I'll right. be right there, and I'll gather everybody up and go home. You find us. Thank well, you. you call back anytime. That's yes. a great call from Lisa, Lisa. you're my new favorite yeah. caller. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.